0: And I'm uh, I'm torn here, and maybe you can help. Like, we're, we're watching this team every single night, and, and there's that data, which is that that group of five is still the best in the league. The other side is, defensively, this is a middle-of-the-road team at best, and that doesn't work uh, to win championships. So are you of the belief that, blessed with health, this is still a championship
1: contender or, or not? Absolutely. Like, uh, unquestionably. I, I, Again, like there's, you get concerned about stuff with the defense because what we hear about in NBA history or what we know from NBA, NBA history is that if you're not a top-ten defense and you don't have an overwhelming talent advantage, meaning I've got Katie and Steph or I've got Shaq and Kobe, right? Like If I don't have an overwhelming talent advantage and I'm not a top-ten top 10 defense, that's a problem. And obviously, we're going to want to see... Golden State had that over the course of the last month and a half of the regular season. They really need to dial in the defensive details. That goes without saying. But generally speaking, I am super bullish on, on championship cores that have demonstrated that they have that ceiling in the past. I'm a big believer in motivational advantage in the regular season. Like Denver is attacking this season. It like kind of reminds me of the 2018 Rockets. Like they just have so much night in and night out belief and passion in what they're doing because it's all very new for them to be in this situation and like golden state more or less obviously the gary payton and auto porter losses off the bench have affected them this year but more or less it's the same core of players that was you know one of the best defenses in the league last year and went on this dominant playoff run they're obviously in a very deep nba going to struggle with night in and night out motivation you're really seeing that on the road so i am a believer that this core can snap back into form and as far as depth goes, like when you look at Jermichael Green and how well he's been playing over the course of the last month, I- I'm not necessarily concerned about like they might have to look at the buyout market for depth. But the core nine guys with Jordan Poole and Dante Even, B- and Jonathan Kaminga and Jermichael Green coming off the bench, I don't think they need any more. It's just a question of them dialing in the details of the final two months. And if they were in a first round series, the eight one against Denver I am leaning towards picking Golden State to win that kind of series.
2: Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, Jason. You seem like you're a good guy, so I'm going to give you an opportunity here. <laughs> um, not, not <laughs> Mark, out, Jason. Not, not Mark, my partner, uh, today, because we usually don't work together. But I have a partner. His name's Dale, the Guru Johnson. And we made a bet. Uh, and, and the bet is I have the field, and he has the Warriors. You want to make that bet? I'll take the field. You take the Warriors?
1: Oh man, I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> right. So this, the thing no, is, there's all these new wrinkles. There's all these new wrinkles in the West, right? Because like Phoenix is this new team on the scene, and they're, they have their own set of issues. But the top end talent is there. I don't know if you saw the Lakers last Thursday night with all their new. It was the first time we saw their new pieces with LeBron and AD. They looked pretty good. Obviously, they're going to have to show us a lot more. Uh, the Clippers, I'm not as worried about, but. Denver and Phoenix and and Golden State at the top I've kind of put them on the same tier and so with having two other teams on the same tier with them I would hard I would have a hard time taking uh, them over the field
0: uh, that is the correct answer by the way of uh, I, I, think <laughs> I, I think I would, would do that. With, Bailey is is there any team in the NBA where you wouldn't take the field like nobody's better than 5050
1: right I hundred percent agree yeah. like, even out east out east it's Like, Philly is a lot better than... Philly basically has been the best team in the league for the last half of the season. And it's completely under the radar. Uh, Like, uh, in their last 37 games or something like that, they have the best record in the league. You know, Joel Embiid and James Harden are both playing incredible basketball. Like, the Eastern Conference is just as up in the air. This whole thing is completely up in the air, which is why I think, guys, that we had such a wild trade that month.
0: Jason Timpf, who is with uh, the Volume Sports Network, host of Hoops Tonight, is with us here on 95.7 The Game. You mentioned the buyout uh, market there real
1: quick. Jason, do you think there's anything there for the Warriors? You know, it's just a matter of depth. I, You know, the two names that have been floated around, Patrick Beverly. The thing is, is you guys have so many guards already. And the other thing, too, is Patrick Beverly... Is he's a ball stopper. He's that guy who catches on the wing, and the first thing he does is pump fake and jab step, which which I think would give Steve Kerr a heart attack, you know, because he's just such a big believer in making quick decisions with the basketball in, 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 in your hands when you catch on the perimeter. But I do think he's a good player who could step in and play minutes if you needed him. I look at, like, Serge Ibaka. It's like it makes a lot of sense on paper. They need a backup big just to help eat innings over the course of the last month and a half. But the other thing they're really going to fight against, guys, is minutes. I... I really think that guys prioritize minutes because they want to play basketball. And at the end of the day, I think that Kerr is going to go with Jermichael Green. I think Kerr is going to go with a little bit of Jonathan Kaminga and a lot of Gary Payton and a lot of Dante DiVincenzo and Jordan Poole. So, like, I just don't understand the advantage that Golden State presents to a buyout candidate. Um, It would make a little bit more sense if, like, Kevon Looney was hurt right now. And like Serge Baca, you could go to him and be like, "Hey, like you're going to play right away." But I'm just not sure there's minutes available, and that's going to put them at a disadvantage in a lot of ways. There.
2: Uh, let me let me ask you this: Last year, the Warriors were 41 and 13 uh, through 54 games, and they were getting clay back. And then Draymond got hurt for about 30. Steph, of course, missed the the last 11. They got whole for the playoffs, and they had a core that had been together. This year, they're 29 and 29. They're working significantly harder for wins than they ever have, I think, during their dynasty. Do you take into account anything like that where the effort they're putting in right now to, to get to the playoffs and even the run that they're going to have to make right now, uh, assuming they want to get up to six, will take a toll on a veteran team during the postseason?
1: Absolutely it will. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing standing in the way for both Golden State and uh, and the Lakers. Like, I'm such a believer in their talent. And, like, for the record, that's where my optimism comes from. You know, like, do we think Jordan Poole has declined? Obviously not. That's having a better regular season than he did last year. Do you guys remember how poorly he shot the basketball last year? Like, that was a Mm -hmm. huge subplot that he erased in that postseason run. You know, Draymond Green is in a much better physical position than he was last year. I, I think Clay Thompson's playing better regular season basketball than he did last year. So there's something in the synergy of all that, particularly like we like talked about closing games, effort on the road, you know, bench depth that have caused problems. But I don't see anything in the personnel that has led me to believe that that group has declined. So that pushes me to thinking they just need to lock in. But the aspect of that is a big question mark, you know, much more so for the Lakers because Anthony Davis can barely play 15 games in a row without having an issue, but, you know, it's a lot to ask from the middle of February all the way through to the middle of June for that group to hit the Jets, especially when Denver can rest Nikola Jokic if they need to, right? And Boston can you know be like, oh, we're just going to go into Milwaukee with four of our starters out and we're still going to have a chance to win because we have all this depth, you know, and same same thing goes for Milwaukee. Like, it's just they're in this predicament now where they, they are not afforded the luxury of being able to ease their way into the postseason. And that just adds a whole other – it'll make them tough in a first-round series because they'll be so locked in on the details. But in terms of the four straight months of high-level basketball they'll have to play, it just adds so much more room for something to go wrong.
0: Uh, Jason, uh, real quick, that uh, All-Star game, uh, uh, hot garbage, right? Like, what, what, what do they do with this?
1: I, I don't know what you do, to be honest with you, man. Like, I, I, as a basketball purist, I, fi- I find it, like, objectively unwatchable. Totally. Um, like, I'm, a, I'm as big a basketball fan as you'll find, and I did not watch the game last night. I watched, you know, maybe five minutes of it, and I was like, oh, it's one of these kinds of games. And then I turned it on at the end, because I'm a huge believer in the ELAM ending. I think the ELAM ending is the future of basketball. I love the idea of winning basketball games by playing basketball instead of, hey, let's, like, foul and jack up a three real quick. I love the ELM ending, so I always tune back in there. And they weren't even playing defense for that. Right. I was like, "Oh man, we are, we have we have lost we have lost the plot here." But I mean, at the end of the day, like what I would say to fans is, they don't care, so you probably shouldn't care. Like, don't don't set yourself up for disappointment by caring more than those players do. They clearly don't care about the game. And it's headed quickly towards being the end of the Pro Bowl, basically. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. You said the exact same thing I did, which is if you don't care, why should we? And they looked bored as all get out yesterday. So that's what I did. I got out. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you, brother. Yeah. 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 Jason, <laughs> hey, man, a whole lot of fun. Thank you for coming on. Anytime. I appreciate the invite, guys. All right. We'll do it again. That's Jason Tip Hoops Tonight, Volume Sports.